Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, welcome to Morning Bible Study with the Day of Prayer. Kyla, can you pray for us? Yes, I can. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you that each day your mercies are renewed, God, and that even when we stray away from you, you still give us favor and grace, God. I ask that you keep our listeners and that you continue to move in our Bible study. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. All right, well, we're at Colossians chapter 2 today. (laughs) So... We're moving along. Um, With that, can I get a volunteer to read the first seven verses, please? I will. All right, Kaba. Verse 1 says, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. 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 Thank you. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom we are hidden all the treasures of wait, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I apologize. It's okay. Now this I say, at least anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and establishing in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it, with thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Amen. You going to say something, honey? No, you go ahead. Besides amen? <laughs> oh, Which is good, yes. I can wait, I can wait, go ahead. Okay. Well, I, you know, I was going to turn over to the to the children first, and... Allow them to share what the Holy Spirit has revealed to them and put on their hearts. So, Kyla, do you have something you want to? Oh, promise you do? You have to ask if that was, if he's doing that right now. If I was doing what right now? Trying it over to us? Yeah. Well, if your mother doesn't, I'll, I'll give it to your mother first. I, she I can wants wait. To. All right. Oh, so you're going to wait? I'll wait, yeah. Then yes. Go for it. Promise. So, and the Lord showed me that in the first seven verses that kind of like it kind of remind me of the beginning of chapter one in Colossians. Okay, how so? Well the first two sections. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it was what's the You mean in the introduction? No. I hear you saying it a long time but Kind of sounds like administrating. Admonishing? Yes, admonishing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Admonishing the people even though he's not there in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And kind of like in the same way teaching them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like...
Explain, sir. Like when Paul says, now, let's go back to verse 2. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, attaining to all riches and full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of Father and of Christ, in whom we are hidden in the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Now this I say, least any, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Mm-hmm. words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness and your faith in Christ. Okay. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, and build up in him, and establishing in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in him, with thanksgiving. Okay. Explain, sir. So explain your point about admonishing and how this applies. Yeah, Paul's, when he's saying this, he's not, he's telling, yes, he's encouraging the people to continue in verse 4 to 4 sorry, six, verse 6 and 7 to keep um, being, keep staying rooted in the Lord mm-hmm. and not turning away even though he's gone. Mm-hmm. But depending on the Lord for their help mm-hmm. and understanding. Okay. And also how it teaches them at the same time not to lean on human, is humanly understanding correct? Human understanding. Human understanding to get your help, but to lean on the Lord's hand to... Do everything in the spirit. Okay, hmm. amen. Amen yes. to that. There's everything, right? There's some mm-hmm. teaching, there's some equipping, there's reminding mm-hmm. happening, right? And also yes. encouraging them, hey, you're doing these things right. right? Continuing these things, mm-hmm. but then don't forget about these, right? Mm-hmm. Continue to move forward in them. Mm-hmm. Continue to apply them to your life, right? Mm-hmm. Which is good. All that is contained within admonishment. And yes, he acknowledges uh, that he's not met some of these people before. Mm-hmm. But yet because of <clears throat> his love for the Lord and no desire to be obedient to the Lord, he's still reaching out mm-hmm. and speaking into their lives, pouring into them, which is important. We need people to come alongside us, right, to, to give us, I say, sound counsel. Right? Wisdom. And it only comes from the Lord. That's also what he's saying here. Right? Yes. Many many times it falls on the the title, There's No Philosophy But Christ. Wisdom, right, only comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. That is one of the, you'll see in Isaiah 11, verse 2. Um, that's one of the, the spirits, right? As an aspect or attribute of the Holy Spirit, it says uh, the seven spirits before the throne in Revelation. But you find that in Isaiah eleven two. If you're there, you can read it, sir. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him: the spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So he's admonishing them to move forward in, in the Lord through the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. who Jesus sent. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Well, the Father sent. He said, I have to go so that way the Holy Spirit can come. Right? Can be sent. Yes. Okay. So that should be encouragement for all of us as well. So, yeah. Good job, sir. Anyone else? Um, I like to look at verse 3 and how it says, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The Lord was sharing with me that it's not necessarily hidden from people to learn. It's that they don't want to actually know it. They have no intentions of looking at the deeper things that the Lord has for them. Because um, I like to take you to Oh, no, wrong place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't even say anything out right. loud. <laughs> Matthew 6. Mm. Oh, it's 7, sorry. Matthew chapter 7? Yes. Verse what? Verse 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find it. Knock and it will be opened to you. Well, showing me that most people don't really want to learn. They think of what they have in that moment is sufficient for their whole journey through the, with Christ. But the Lord has multiple checkpoints that he wants you to get to, more knowledge that he wants to share with you. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus had so much knowledge. It wasn't because he just he came to learn, just sat there, but he was constantly asking the Lord to learn more. Because if you're unwilling to ask the Lord for greater knowledge, how can you ever understand the situation in its fullness and see the complete picture? You still have the same flaw perception of what's happening. Mm. Because most... Like Dad say, once you once you practice doing something wrong, it takes it's very hard to get out of doing the wrong method. If I'm trying to do multiplication, I try to add everything up. That's not going to work. You have to accurately use the correct formula. Not it's not a formula, but you have to correctly apply your knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So three times four is a big difference between from three plus four, right? Yes. So a whole totally different process and results at the end of it. Yes. Okay. You gonna say something? Uh, no, no, that's very true. But all the things that you're seeking, right? Answered prayer, all that you can see in John 15, verse seven, where he says. <laughs> If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But if we are abiding in the Lord, it's not about our desire. It's about asking the Lord what he wants us to ask for, what he's putting on our heart to pray about, and it will be done, right? Yes. Yes. Now, yes, there are times where the Lord, as Jesus had compassion on the people, we can see that even with the... Feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000, right? They had but just a little bit of bread and fish. Mm-hmm. And he sought the Lord 
on their behalf, right? He sought the Father. And he saw incredible an incredible miracle. Just in abundance. Mm-hmm. But the whole point and purpose, what was he trying to teach his disciples? To trust in God? That they should have been ready and willing to do the same things that he has to do, which is bring it before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's like as we were talking yesterday, the maturity part, right? Growing, not just being like an infant, but growing, right? Becoming from an infant to a little child, from a little child to an adolescent or young adult, and then eventually reaching the stage of being a, a parent, a father or a mother, right? Where yes. we're not just only concerned with what we are doing, our job, our role, our purpose, but now we're also teaching and instructing others. How to come in, how to be able to do the same things that we have done and are doing still. Right? Yes. So that it's there for prayer, it's there for every aspect of life. Our, our desires... Right, can lead us astray, but if we're abiding in Christ, they should be aligned with His, right? What He wants to see happen in the situation, in the earth, in every aspect of your life, my life, and uh, I'll say the world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also in these this writing, you can see that Paul is helping to reshape their thought process yes. and their minds about it. In the world, we think stuff, things, power, prominence, that's what's to be desired. But you can see in, in chapter 1 of Colossians, as well as this portion of chapter 2, he keeps putting such great emphasis on this is what riches are, full assurance of understanding, the knowledge of the mystery of God. That's what's to be valued. That's what's to be highly esteemed rather than um, corruptible things of this world. And what I mean by corruptible is moth can break in, and Jesus talked about how they can be moth-eaten and rusted and stolen and this, that, and the other. But the, the treasure that cannot be taken away is a value that's placed on the Word of God. When the Word of God is sown into your heart, yes, the enemy tries to come, but you can protect it, and no one can take that from you. Once you know who God is, nobody can convince you otherwise, right? Yes. And he talks about being rooted and built up in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. He's saying, make yourself immovable. Make yourself steadfast. Not trying to plant yourself, well, I've always, this is the house that I grew up in and I've lived here all my life, or this is the city that I'm from and this is how I get my identity and my perspective. This is how much money I make. This is where I take my stand. Right, people, and especially in the natural, people tend, and we've all tended to take that on as our identity versus who am I in Christ? If Christ tells me to get up today and leave this home that I've lived in for the last 20 years or 30 years or the, the city that I grew up in, am I still me? Yes. Not if my identity is in that place. That person will be broken, confused, tossed aside and asunder. Right and no longer profitable or usable for the things of God. He'll have to build them back up and they'll have to be restructured. But the person that's rooted and grounded in, I'll say love, 
God is love, but rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, that person, wherever Christ goes, whatever he commits to, they are the same. They are steadfast. They are immovable. They're unshakable. Right? Yes. They're able to, they are able to endure versus the one that puts his trust in things. He's also trying to help them re regauge their mind from trust in mammon. Right? Yes. And the the Bible tells us to renew our mind. Right? Yes. yes. Not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, transformed to the image of Christ, so that way we begin to um, sure up the gaps that have been made by human thinking in our life. Like the enemy has a place to come in and occupy territory. It's impossible to perceive the things of God looking from a natural mindset. It's an impossibility because your mind says it's foolishness because it doesn't correlate with any of the things that the world says is valuable. Mm-hmm. But the mind that has been renewed when God comes and he speaks, we're like, of course, absolutely. Holy spirit. Because I understand how you work. I may not see the full picture, the the length and the breadth of it as you do, Lord. But I know when you say something, when you speak, it is truth. When you speak, it'll come to pass. When you speak, I have a sure foundation to stand upon. You brought up an interesting, you made an interesting statement there earlier, honey. You okay. talked about roots, not about planting roots in things. Mm-hmm. Our roots... Uh, I'll read this verse first. Psalm 52, verse 8. Now, Psalm 52 is uh, David, written by David um, when he was clearly in a a tough period in his life. He was betrayed, if you will, by Doeg, the Edomite, who went Mm -hmm. and told Saul where he was. Mm -hmm. And um, in verse 8, David makes this very interesting proclamation. And he says, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever because you have done it. And in your presence, in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name for it is good. But the part about the green olive tree is significant because if you truly look at any of the the plans, read scripture on the structure of whether it's a tent of meeting, whether it's... um, Solomon's temple or the second temple. There are no trees in the courtyard. There are no trees in that structure, in that facility. So what David is getting at here is that his roots are in Christ. They're in the Lord. Not in things, not in where he grew up, not in uh, a certain house or in, in people, not in race or anything else you could... Uh, or the world will tell you is important and that's where your value and where your um, worth is, your worth you is found in, with, right? Yeah. What you identify with. He's saying his roots are in Christ. As a result, he can go anywhere and do anything that the Lord has called him to do mm-hmm. because that, the Lord, is where his value is. Mm-hmm. It's where his roots are. They are founded, grounded in truth not lies. Mm-hmm. So he will not, as Paul is writing here, right? Uh, and we talked about yesterday that 
they won't be led astray, won't mm-hmm. be persuaded by man-made philosophies or anything else. <clears throat> they won't be words. exactly. They won't be deceived. <clears throat> mm-hmm. If our roots, as they should be, are in Christ, they are founded in truth. He says, "He is the way, the truth, and the life." So, yeah. if our roots are in Christ, they are founded in truth, grounded in truth. And as long as we remain, as long as we stand in that, we won't be deceived. Mm-hmm. What good does it do to live this whole life, go through this whole journey, and at the end of it, perish? Good. And hear from the, the Messiah, the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, depart from me. You worker of iniquity, I never knew you. What good does it do? No good. Zero. While what we do in this life directly determines what we, how we will spend it in the future, the things of this life pale in comparison. So as you, every individual has to come to that, their own place, that own place within themselves that says, who am I and who am I going to be? Who will I choose? What will I choose to do? Who am I going to choose to be? And for the believer to come in to know and taste the goodness of God, but then to fall away at the end, what difference did it make? What's the the point and the purpose of that? Or to to have to be in a position of being, I hope I make it in. Or you just get in by the, the skin of your teeth. And I'm like, I didn't know teeth had skin, but I guess there's that casing on the outside. Um, oh, an animal. Yes. I mean, <laughs> to be in that position, what is it for? And then to stand before him and to not receive reward. Because there's some that just get in. There's some that get in and they receive reward because the things that they did in this this earth and what they did in their heaven, their earthly body, those things remained when they were tested with fire, right? They stood. They endured. What good does it do to show up but not win the race? No good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm just a little bit competitive in that in, my, <laughs> in myself. <laughs> I, I don't know of anyone that proudly displays their second place or third place or participation ribbons. Proudly. They, I they know of no to, one. They have to talk themselves into it if they do. No, I, I know of no one. No one that's run a race is like, oh, yeah. Uh, they may have a finishing medal, right, uh, if they do marathons or ultramarathons or something, right? Something that most people would consider this extreme challenge in it, right? We're just finishing is, is good enough, right? You finished. It's so difficult just to finish. They might display that. Usually not, though. It's hidden away. It's in their little private, you know, in their bedroom or their office or, you mm-hmm. know, someplace where no one really sees. Mm-hmm. Go to a school, go to whatever, right? What's displayed? First place. All the winning. All the all the trophies and awards and ribbons and whatever else that says you won. That's you were the number one person. Put up front. They have a special case for the, mm-hmm. the first place award. So... As it pertains to us, why would we be proud of coming in second in the race that is 
the race that the Lord has set before you. That's what Paul describes, right? This is the race set before me. I have to run it in a manner worthy of the calling. And and that's it right there, worthy of the calling. Jesus, Jesus didn't just barely slide across the finish line. On the contrary. He, he won. He triumphed. <laughs> exactly. Which is why we have the victory today. He won that he could be the firstborn among many brethren. That's the honor given to him mm-hmm, and because he won. I'm sorry. Make no mistake about it. If you just get into the kingdom, okay, we'll take that. Just rest assured. We'll take it. But since you have the the foreknowledge, since you have foresight presented to you and the opportunity, why not win that race? And it's a race that just you, you and you alone are in. The only competitor that you have is yourself. Your flesh. You're not competing with me. I'm not competing with you or vice versa. Anyway, or anyone else in the kingdom, you're literally buffeting your flesh so that you can win. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's an adversary, but God has already put him under our feet. All we have to do is reinforce and enforce what Jesus has already done and declare that we agree with that. That's it. And I don't know about you, but I, I made my decision. I want a standing ovation. When I come into the kingdom, I want them to be looking at each other going, Kamisha's coming. Kamisha's coming. We're going to clap for her when she gets in there. And I don't, it may not be anything significant in the eyes of the world, but I want my heavenly father to look at me and go, that's my daughter. Well done. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. I want Jesus to be looking for me like there, there she goes. Yeah. That's my girl. And giving me a high five and you know, I want a standing ovation. I do. Amen. And I want to run in, you know, like the jogger that finishes the race and he's still jogging in place like, oh, yeah, I got more steam to go. Not just barely crawl across like I've been in the burning desert all day and (laughs) over hot coals and not had water (laughs) for a month. So I'm just saying you have a choice about that and how you set and value and put your – Emphasis on the word of God and the place that that has in your life. A well done from your heavenly father makes all the difference to how you run this race. You can go, oh, I'm coming in, Lord, but I'm going out, Jesus. If you do this for me, I'll serve you. You can be that kind of Christian and always be plagued with ups and downs and inconsistency. Or you can be the believer that determines to grab a hold of him. And no matter what happens, you will serve the Lord. As it said in verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught. Established. Something that is established is not something that moves and washes away easily. It's been built up. It's been, there's been growth that happens. The root system has gone down. The height has come up from the tree. Reinforced, fortified, mm-hmm. and whatever else is required. Mm-hmm. To enable it to continue. Mm-hmm. So as, as we discussed that, you know, the Apostle Paul is, is working in effort. And I'll say trying, but that's not really the word that I would like to use there. But he is reshaping their thought process to now take the value that they have placed incorrectly in things of the world and to place it on the things of God. But using terms that they already recognize. When someone says riches, everybody starts, money, you know, like dollar bills flash through your mind, gold coins, fancy apparel, a fancy car. But the riches are in 
the kingdom of God. Okay? Yes. Yes. The riches are in knowing who Christ is. Because when you have the God kind of wisdom, the God wisdom always produces wealth. Don't you remember her standing and crying in Proverbs? She's standing out in the square. Kenneth Hogan says, hey, stupid. (laughs) How long are you going to stay stupid? But she's crying out because wisdom has what? Riches and honor in her right hand and in her left hand length of days. I'm telling you what. Everything Amen. that we need and we desire is found in Christ Jesus. You don't have to look anywhere else. You don't have to look to any other source to provide for you or to sustain you. He's got it all. You remember he was the one who created the heavens and the earth. He was the one who masterfully created the garden of Eden. And then he placed his man in the middle of it and his woman. It wasn't the other way around. Mm-hmm. He, it wasn't, he did, he neither made the man and then said, where am I going to put you, man? Let me think about something. Mm. And nor was it the fact that the man said, let me make this for myself. Let me go find these treasures and these natural resources, this gold and the silver are mine. And that did not happen. That's the wrong answer. Okay. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, Mm -hmm. the world and they that dwell, dwell therein. Everything belongs to him. So why would you go to another source? Makes no sense. Put on the mind of Christ. That's your option and it's your opportunity. It's there at your disposal. Put it on and leave it on. See things the way that they truly are, which is this is what is to be valued and highly esteemed. Okay? Yes. Christ in our relationship with him. All right. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to say? Any comments you wanted to make? Mm-hmm. Kyla? Well, go ahead. You kind of touched on it already, but I was kind of pondering to myself, why does Paul keep saying, hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? And the Lord says that the same thing throughout the scriptures, and it's kind of racking my brain concerning the matter. But then the Lord told me, because if you have wisdom, you can apply the gifts that he's already given to you and to achieve everything that you need or want to achieve. And it's a knowledge in the world is a precious commodity, but many people are foolish to think it's riches and everything else, but it's the knowledge that they go after. That's why they push having all these master degrees and whatever else, but they only see the money side of it, not what else it's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And so that was just interesting to me, I guess. They take the Babylonian system approach, which is we're going to get to God without going through his methods. We're just going to build a, a tower. We're going to build ourselves a tower. We're going to take this brick and this this mortar, and we're going to bake it together, and we're going to build it up, and we're, we're going to get there. We're going to ascend. Sounded a whole lot like Satan and their thought process and their mindset. We're going to do this. We're going to make a name for ourselves. It's a counterfeit. Mm-hmm. Right, trying to do the same, accomplish the same thing, without doing what's required. You see that in every religion. There are absolute. The word of the Lord is truth, mm-hmm. right? And what He says does not come back void. Mm-hmm. So people in other religions have taken promises of the Lord and tried to copy it, tried to counterfeit it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There is fruit. That's good fruit, right? It, it produces life. The word of the Lord produces life. So they see that. 
But they've, they've missed the core key thing, which is in verse 6. As therefore, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Mm-hmm. Not in various aspects about him, but exhibiting the same nature and character that is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is the only way to guarantee to walk in a full assurance and understanding and knowledge of God concerning your salvation. Mm-hmm. And is education wrong and bad? No. No. But is it contrary to what God is asking you to do? That's the end of the day. That's the question. What does he right? want you to do? What, what is, is the race he's set before you? And if he says, go and gain this education, but you go, no. Is that wrong? Yes. Yes, indeed. So the the big picture is about, are you being obedient to what God said to you? And are you trying to do things by usurping what he said to you and replacing him? You cannot, you can study all you want to, but if you're studying without the obedience and the heart desire and hope steadfastly placed in Jesus Christ, you study in vain. You are, you can build the most fancy house you want to, but if Christ is not the builder, you labor in vain, right? Yes. I mentioned the, the tower of Babel. God told them to spread out and cover the earth. They said, no, we're going to stay here and do this unless we, so we are not going to be spread out. And we're going to do all these things for ourselves and build our own name because we and don't get want to, to heaven go. ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do it the way God go about life the way God said. That person is laboring in vain. So whatever you do, let it be done unto Christ. Let it be done as unto the Lord in excellence. In excellence, but in trust Amen. in Him. But the person that understands right that they're they're filled up with the knowledge of God and they have full assurance in their understanding. They know what the plan and the will of the Lord is in their life. Yes, he has a, a grand will, if you will, which is him to be our God and we to be his people. Rest- restoration of the heavenly community. Amen. But what's my part in that journey? What's the part that I must play in the Lord bringing that, cultivating it and bringing it to pass? They have to walk in it. We each have to walk in it. I mean, God says everybody, yes, sorry, each individual, say. but each of us, they, you, me, everyone, mm-hmm. has to walk in it. They have to walk it out. That's, that's the walk of faith. Mm-hmm. That's you doing, not just hearing about it, but applying it, right? Mm-hmm. As we are discussing, not just being a hearer, but a doer also. Mm-hmm. Apply what you have done, right? What what he says, where he says, um, you say you have faith, that's great. I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, by what I'm doing in the Lord. Mm-hmm. The application of what he has instructed me to do and how to run the race in my life. And we will see that fruit, the results. So we're all looking for, right? We all want to see the God kind of results. Power and might and moving from victory to victory. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, well, this only happens God's way. You can't Absolutely. counterfeit it and have it still produce the same things in the fullness and mm-hmm. full assurance. Mm-hmm. It only happens in the Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's read verses 8 through 10. You want to do that? Sure. Okay. I'm going to volunteer to read it. Promise it's got your name. <laughs> All right, sir. Beware, at least anyone cheat 
cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of God, of the Godhead bodily. Mm -hmm. Bodily, yes. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Mm -hmm. He's putting things in their rightful order. This is how you look at this. This is the truth and how to see it. Right? Don't let anybody cheat you, steal from you, plunder you, rob you. Right, which the enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's his sole purpose. Like he has nothing better to do. That that's what his all his job is. Not a job given by God, but one he's taken on for himself. He's come to steal from you, steal the word of God, steal the destiny and the plan that God has for your life. Kill the word of God on the inside of you. Kill you physically so you cannot complete the plan that God has. And destroy. Destroy the destiny that God has for you. If he can corrupt it and taint it, then it never comes to pass. Right? Don't be mistaken about that. And you guys have heard me say this um, multiple times, especially recently. He has no qualms about stealing or killing, killing or destroying a child. He has no qualms about a technicality. He's not like, oh, okay, I won't touch that because they didn't know I was I was there. They they didn't understand the rules of the of engagement. No. He's a thief and a liar. There's no quality or character that is admirable or redeemable in in that individual, in that that being. He's a thief and a liar from the beginning. Okay? Yes. So that being said, anything that comes and exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ is not coming from the Lord. That is not the spirit of God. Despite who the person may look like in front of you, what position they may hold, you know the word. You know the truth. And the truth is what makes you free and keeps you from going back into bondage. So for someone to come and go, well, Jesus, you can really get to the Lord this way. You can still. Well, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The person that's telling you that is lying. They are not speaking by the spirit of the Lord. It's your job to equip yourself Right. With hearkening to the voice of God's word, spending time in the written word, maturing when the opportunity comes and God says, here, this is for your growth. Take it and grow. Apply it. Yes. Take it and grow from it and the fullness of what you're supposed to be doing. And then when the enemy comes, because we know God's character is to prepare us beforehand before the enemy shows up. Right, he prepared the garden beforehand, yes. before he placed the man in it. Okay, yes. okay, okay. You understand that? Take that concept to heart. And then, <sighs> then once the man was prepared, once he had the help that he would need to stand, then the enemy came. There's no temptation if there's no choice. Okay, we have yes. to choose. There's no choice if there are no options. We have to choose and be allowed to choose. If God does not allow us to choose, there is no choice. And then we have not made a choice for him, but we have been forced into servanthood. And that's not who our God is. Okay? But they were fully equipped to stand. Every time the enemy comes against a child of God, they've already been equipped to stand. It's a matter of what will you do. 
You have a choice. He says, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So that means also that there's a consideration that happens in the person's mind. They take, they allow the information to come in. They don't immediately cast it down and bring it into subjection, right? They don't immediately rebuke that and, and throw it out, declare it a lie. But they allow it to come in and then they start to ponder and consider it. Right? Deception happens the same way. They ponder and they reason, and they ultimately, if someone is deceived, they choose to be deceived. Eve had enough information to stand. How do we know that? Because Jesus answered that question. It is written. He said, it is written. Let me give him a moment. <laughs> it is written. Right? Yes. And she could have said the same thing. And then when the enemy redirected, be a broken record. It is written, but God already said this. But he said this. God means what he says. He said this. He said, don't touch it. Doesn't matter if I understand. He said, don't touch it. Don't eat it. When I say don't touch it, for me, that means the whole emphasis, just as a mom speaking, don't touch any of it. But God said, don't eat it. Deception happened because she gave place to the enemy. Right? She allowed it yes. to come in. She allowed it to have space to room to, to mingle around in her as of as opposed to casting down vain imaginations. And you notice that in both comparisons, Eve, she answered, Well, this is what we were told, right? Yes. yes. But she didn't stand. Jesus, when he was rebutted. When he gave an answer and was rebutted, he still stood on what God said. No, nope, this is what the Lord said. It is written. It is written. One determination was to go wherever they may, but the other determination, the last Adam, the Messiah, our commander in chief, the captain of our, of our the captain of our salvation, he said, "I'm committed. I'm determined to stand on the word of the Lord, regardless mm-hmm. of what it looks like." That this person sounds like they may have something legit that they're talking about. They even came and said, all the glory of these kingdoms has been given unto me. He was, Jesus wasn't moved by that. And we talk about him often, first of all, because he is the Messiah. If we don't give him reverence, then what are we doing here? But also, he's our example. If he could do it, so can we. Right? Yes. As he is, so are we in this world. That's what First John says. Mm-hmm. He's able to stand, so are we. No, we can't do it in our own abilities. We do it in him. But standing is standing. Come the correct way and be all right with that. Okay? Yes. yes. Anything else? No, I do. I'm sorry. Did you have something you want to say, promise? No. Okay. Let's look at verses 9 and 10. For in Jesus dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You have no concerns, and you need need not have any concern about following God through Jesus Christ. Jesus is God fully. Sometimes, you know, there may be questions in people's minds. He is God. He's the Messiah. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There is no mistaking that. And in him, all the fullness of the Godhead... 
right, dwells in bodily form. Okay? Yes. yes. So he has the right to call the shots and make the commands. Right? He and yes. the Father are one, and they are the Holy Spirit is one with them and equal. They're all equal. And God the Father has made Jesus the captain over the body. That was his determination. God in his fullness determined that that's how it would be, and that's how it is. You can have full assurance and be fully persuaded and confident in that fact. Read the first 18 verses of John chapter 1. The uh, Gospel of John, right? The Gospel of John, mm-hmm. yes. Um, uh, not that we're going to read them now, but just on, on your own time. On your own time, mm-hmm. or whoever's listening. Yeah, take, take a look at the first, at the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And that everything that we are discussing about Jesus and who he is, John, who... Well, yes, was a disciple, is later an apostle, mm-hmm. right? Spells out very plainly who Jesus is. Who he is. And was and is. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the Jews had a hard time with this. That's why they often wanted to stone him, right? And Paul himself was marching around with orders to bind everybody up because they believed in Jesus Christ as fully God, right? So... um And looking at verse 10, just so you you had that bit of information, looking at verse 10, rest assured and be confident that you're on the winning side. Amen. That there's no power. There's nobody that can beat our God. There's nobody that can stop the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God fully. And when he was raised, you read that scripture for us earlier, that he, he has all what in his hand? All power and authority. Okay. Has been given to him. He is. He is taking it. He stripped the enemy of it, knocked him upside his head, <laughs> beat him up, and embarrassed him. In an open showing or display. That's right, in his own house. <laughs> you know, any, any athletes will understand that if you've ever played team sports. <laughs> when, when, when you have a home game, you know, it's an away game for you, but a home game for the other team, and you go kick their butts. When it's homecoming for them, you know, you get a little bit extra high five on it because, <laughs> sorry, you know, typically the home team's supposed to win at homecoming. But if you go and knock them upside their head and, and beat them pretty bad on the, their home turf, it's a little bit extra insult to injury. Mm-hmm. So, um, Sounds a very clear message. Yes, it does. Because Satan thought that he had prevailed and he had stopped the plan of God. And God's just like, <laughs> oh, I went to the big hearty long laugh. <laughs> Absolutely. Not only did I beat you, but I beat you on your old turf, in your mm-hmm. own house, and took everything you thought you had that you had already stolen. Took it all back. Thanks. I'll, I'll be meeting you. Next phase of destiny. For the judgment. That's right. That's right. You know, you can see Jesus is not proud or arrogant, but, you know, a little high five, a little chest bump. No, just like <laughs> <laughs> That's my old version. That's Kamisha right there. But God is confident in who he is. So therefore, we should also likewise be equally confident in who our God is. You are complete in him. You don't need anybody else to make you whole. You find your wholeness, your completeness, your fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the head of all principality and power. He's the boss. He's the man. He's the big cheese, head honcho. He's got it. He's it. Anybody that you could look to and admire and desire to be like them, that should be Jesus Christ. That's right. Doesn't even can't even hold a candle to him. 
That's right. So make him the person that you, who's my hero? Jesus. Yes, I look at your dad and, and be appreciative, but pales in comparison. Look at mommy and be like, oh, my mommy, so whatever. Pales in comparison. I'm only what I am because of Christ. And him working in and through me. Amen. Amen. So I encourage each of you to aspire to have to be just like that. Not like me, but to be like Christ in your own life. Conform to his image. Be like Jesus. That's it. And I just wanted to mention the scripture because I forgot to say it earlier. Remember in Deuteronomy where the Lord said, it is I, don't forget, it is I who gives you the power to get wealth. So when you walk into it and you're enjoying all these lovely things, don't say to yourself, it was my hand off. Look at the me. Look at the th- me at this. <laughs> right? don't, don't say I did this. But it is a gift from the Lord. That's right. It's only because of his goodness and his grace. And any time that we follow him, we should not be concerned about the outcome. Do what God asks you to do and let him carry the weight of it because he always wins. Amen. Let us glorify and honor him with our lives. Amen. Amen. Who wants to close out in prayer? All right, promise. Lord, I just thank you for kicking the devil's rump and keeping the devil from having a foothold on our lives. Lord, I also thank you that you don't sell your people to your people or your stuff to the devil. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. I'll have a great weekend. Oh, you were going to say something? Else? Hi, excuse me. Oh, that's okay. You were <laughs> you were going. <laughs> I was going, yes. That's okay. I just wanted to remind everybody that we're on a variety of listening platforms. You can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. So you can say, hey, Alexa, org, and you can like us and follow us on any or all of those platforms and share this website with a friend. You can always find us at adayofprayer.org. Um, we're looking forward to listening with you and spending more time with you. And you can even, you know, put it on your car radio if you're, you're going on a journey. So um, thank you for being a part of this ministry. Amen. Yes. And we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.